This is the interpretation of the dream. History proves that it was correct. We can look back in time and see the miracle when God gave Daniel the dream that someone else dreamed and the interpretation of it. So we pick up in chapter, I have to look and see what chapter we're in. Chapter 2, verse 36. This is the dream. Now I'm going to interpret it for you, O king. You believe that? You are a king of kings. He was the greatest king. At that point in the history of the world, he was the first king to ever control all the known developed empires of the world. Think of that. The God of heaven gave you a kingdom. Remember Daniel's attitude. It is all from God. Yeah, you rule it, but God gave it to you. So here's the second time Daniel has witnessed to this heathen king who's a murderer. He gave you the kingdom. He gave you the power. He gave you the strength, and he gave you the glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the heaven, he's given unto your hand and made you ruler over it all. You're the head of gold. Gold is the purest, finest metal. The western part of the United States was developed because of gold. The gold rush. You're the greatest. But then he... He steps out and trusts God. He said, but you see, in verse 39, there's going to come another in kingdom inferior to you, a third of brass, which will bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom, so there's going to be other kingdoms. You're number one. There's another one. There's another one that is excellent, and this is silver. Silver is rare and fine, but not as fine as gold. So the next kingdom that comes along will be great, but not as great as you. And then the third one that shows up will be like brass. You see, each of this is represented by a metal, precious metal, that gets of lesser value as it goes. And each of these kingdoms is of lesser value. The fourth kingdom will be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things. And as iron that breaks all these, it shall break in pieces and bruise. And where you saw the feet and the toes of potter's clay and part of iron, this kingdom will be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as you saw the iron mixed with clay. And as the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, this kingdom will be partly strong and partly broken. Now before we proceed with the rest of the description, let's look back in history and see what happened. You see, Nebuchadnezzar was conquered by Alexander the Great, who was Greece. And he came along and destroyed the greatest king. And then 
the Medes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Medes and the Persians, I got ahead of myself. Cyrus and Darius came along, the Medes and the Persians, and they destroyed Nebuchadnezzar and took over his kingdom. And that was the second of silver. And then came Alexander the Great, a young teenager who swept through unexpectedly and conquered the Medes and the Persians. And then Rome came along and conquered Greece. And are you aware that Rome was never conquered? That Rome was never defeated? If you've ever studied, and I doubt you have, The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire, a book that takes hours and days and years to read, they were destroyed from within because of immorality. They got so big that they couldn't rule the land they conquered from Rome. And so they divided the Roman Empire. How interesting is that? You see, the fourth kingdom ended up the legs of the statue. The legs. One represented the eastern kingdom of Rome ruled from Rome. The other represented the western kingdom of Rome ruled from Istanbul or then Constantinople. So we have a western kingdom and an eastern kingdom. Isn't that fascinating? Then those two kingdoms have ten toes. They're made of iron and clay. You can't mix iron with clay and have it strong. It's thought that the European Union, made up of ten nations, will be the revised Roman Empire. The eastern part of Rome will come to power. And we see that taking place with Turkey and Iran and Russia and all those nations that were ruled from Constantinople. And so history has proven the statue was correct in Daniel's interpretation. Now, let's pick up to what happened. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven, here's the third time Daniel has reminded Nebuchadnezzar who's really in charge. It isn't you, O king, it's God. And I think we need to realize, as we see things collapsing all around us, the pandemic has locked us in our homes and made us put on face masks, and you can't sit near your friends, and you can't shake hands, and you can't go to a restaurant and sit near anyone. And then the riots in the streets, the buildings burned, Board it up. Let's remember who's in control. Even though it doesn't appear, God is still in control. He sees what's happening. And he said, in the days of these kings, God will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. What is that kingdom? That's the millennial The kingdom age. 
that begins at the end of the tribulation. When Jesus Christ comes back, puts his foot on the Mount of Olives, walks into Jerusalem, into the temple, and sets himself up as king and destroys all the kingdoms that exist at that day. He's the stone made without hands that comes to power and crushes all those men that rule at that point. The kingdom shall not be left to other people. It will break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it will stand forever. So where are we in God's timetable? We're at the point where perhaps the Roman Empire is being revived in Europe. And where are we, the United States? I don't have a clue. We're not mentioned. Perhaps that's why maybe we'll be weakened. And maybe we won't be the great power. I don't know. But I know one thing. I don't have to fear. I don't have to be afraid. I have to be excited that God's told us what to look for. He has told us what's going to happen. And I'll tell you what. What God said is going to happen is going to happen. And then in verse 45 of chapter 2, For as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it broke in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. You see, here it's reverse order. When Daniel interpreted the dream, he started at the top. That was Nebuchadnezzar, the gold. And then the Medes and the Persians came along, which was silver, and took over Babylon. And then Greece came along and took over the Medes and the Persians. You can throw away the Bible and get your history book, World History, and see that all that happened. And then Rome came along and conquered Greece. And Rome was divided. And it became weak. And Rome is weak today. But here he starts with the feet. And he goes up. Because Rome has destroyed the others. And he said, This great God has made known to the king what will come to pass. The dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. Just think of this. 600 years before Christ was born, God gave this dream to a heathen king. But he put Daniel, a little Jewish teenager, in place to be used of him because of Daniel's faith. And his determination that he presupposed in his heart that he would stand on what God had told him to do. In verse 46, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, fell on his face and he worshipped Daniel. Now, wouldn't you think this mighty, fierce, angry king would have a come apart when he was told by this young kid that he would be destroyed. God prepared his heart. 
and God protected Daniel. The king worshipped him, and he commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors for him. Let's honor this young kid who has taken a stand before me. You see, when you take a stand for God, God honors that, and people honor you. And then the king said to Daniel, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods. Isn't that amazing? In response to Daniel's witness, he said, it's true. Your God is a God of gods, the Lord of kings, a revealer of secrets. Seeing you could reveal this secret. I can't believe you did that. And then look what happened to Daniel. God made him a great man, gave him gifts, made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief of the governors over all his wise men. This young kid is now receiving a reward from the king. And then Daniel requested that he put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. He didn't forget his friends. He said, you give them a responsibility. But Daniel sat in the gate. That doesn't mean he's sitting at the gate. It's a way of saying he was part of the kingdom. He was one who helped determine the rules. He sat near the king. What a reward. What a reward. Just think about the principles. In two chapters we've learned, God will give you wisdom and understanding as a reward for your obedience. God will cause others to respect you because of the truth you share. God puts kings in and takes kings out. No matter the situation that surrounds us, God is still in control. And all the kingdoms that we see so powerful and all the armies fighting and all the greed, one day, Jesus Christ is going to return. The stone made without hands, he'll crush them all. He'll set up a kingdom that will last forever and ever. And if you've received Christ as your Savior and God is your Father, you'll be with Him when He returns. You will be a joint heir with His inheritance. And you will rule and reign over this entire world, earth with Him. That's our future. So I should be afraid or concerned over the present. We should look forward to the future. As Daniel, so many years ago, has given us this picture. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Share with friends.